And while you're on your mat, everything else disappears and you can be totally present. And I think that right now that's all that we can really do is just be present. Um, There's so many times I've tried to think ahead and plan ahead and it all just crumbles within five minutes because so much is unknown right now. Hi, I'm Derek Mills. Welcome to the Glow Podcast. To anyone listening who is a past or present member of Glow, we are grateful for you. Thank you for entrusting Glow to be part of your wellness journey. Hearing from our members is a gift for us. At Glow, we have an internal Slack channel called Member Love. When you send us love for our service and our team, that's where it gets posted for anyone on our team to read. We consistently hear from members around the world about your learning and life-changing transformation. We see ourselves in your stories. You challenge us and remind us of the positive differences we make together. Your messages inspire me and our wonderful team working together to bring meaningful, supportive, mindful movement and meditation practices to our global community. We wanted to find a way for more people to experience our members committed to their well-being. So this is the first episode of a special feature on the GLOW podcast where we'll be sharing a conversation with a member of GLOW and explore how their practice has affected their everyday life. To tell the stories about wellness, mindfulness, emotional intelligence, resiliency, and the path that led them to GLOW. These member interviews will become part of our podcast stream, sometimes popping up in the middle of the week, and other times they may occupy a slot of a regular episode. This interview is with Kelly Alexander. She shares why she came to practice yoga and why self-care has become a priority for her every day. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Kelly. In a lot of ways, it's taking those lessons of yoga into everyday life and just being okay with the unknown and being in the present and not trying to plan the future and you know all of those those things that we practice are, are right here in daily life now, which is nice. Can you be more specific? Um, yeah, well, I suppose you know a lot of the time when I'm on my one of the one of the things I love most about yoga and being on my mat is that the outside world disappears and you're right there in the moment and one of my favorite teachers on glow catherine always says that your yoga mat is your little oasis and while you're on your mat everything else disappears and you can be totally present and i think that right now that's that's all that we can really do is just be present um there's so many times i've tried to think ahead and plan ahead and it all just crumbles within five minutes because it's so much is unknown right now and in a way there is a you know there's a lot of lessons in that and there's a lot of potency in in being okay just sitting with the unknown and and trusting that things will unfold as they need to do you feel that skill of presence took you a while to cultivate or was this something that kind of kicked in relatively quickly for you um I feel like it took a while to switch off my mind. Um, I think that especially with the work I do, because there's there's blessings and curses of working from home. Um, in some ways you have lots of freedom and lots of flexibility, but in other ways you don't really switch off that much. Um, your mind is kind of constantly on, I'm constantly contactable. And so at the start, when I started practicing from home a lot more, I did find it harder to, to make that switch and to, 
to be fully present. Um, but yeah, I guess with practice and over time, it became easier. I would turn off my phone and put my phone out of the room and really allow myself that time and space because I knew how beneficial that was, you know, that, that switching off switches you back on. So I think prioritizing that is, is so beneficial. Mm, the switching off switches you back on. Yeah. <laughs> What's different when you switch back on? Oh, I feel like a brand new person. You know, I can go from a place of being so chaotic and in my head and, and oh, confused and anxious. And then I do quite long practices. Um, I'm, I'm lucky in that I have the time and space to do. I'll, I rarely do under 60, but I try and do 90 when I can. Um, and I find that I emerge from that feeling entirely different. You know, I'll be feeling balanced, clear, focused, re-energized, peaceful. It's, it's, just, it's like night and day. And that is, I think when you realize how big of an effect it has, it makes getting on your mat every day easier and easier because you know what's going to happen at the end of that time on your mat. And that's one of the main things that, that keeps drawing me back. Um, I know that, you know, I may not get off the mat feeling like the whole world's problems have been solved, but I know that I'll get off the mat feeling better than I did before I got on. Do you use that experience of knowing that it will be better to motivate you on the days where you may not feel like getting started? Yeah, I do. Again, um, I think it's something that Catherine says in one of her classes. She says that, you know, we don't always want to get on the mat, but through the journey of the practice, we do leave feeling, feeling better within ourselves. And one of the things I often say to people who ask me about my practice is that I, I look at yoga a lot in a lot of the same ways as I would brushing my teeth or making breakfast or cooking dinner. It's something that is just part of my life. And it's not that I don't have a choice whether I do it or not, because it's always a choice, but it's such an integral part of my daily life that I, I guess I'm lucky in that I don't feel I need a lot of motivation to get on my mat. Oftentimes that time of the day on my mat is my favorite time of the day. So it's not something that I have to really push myself to do. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Just hearing you and seeing you speak about it. When you do, you're just so lit up. Yeah. Yeah. Like your I eyes are smiling. Your whole face is smiling. Yeah. Obviously you're connecting with what it feels like in that moment mm -hmm. and it just feels so genuine and authentic to you. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, it's, it's a bit of a cliche to say that you take the lessons of yoga off the mat into your life, but you really do. And I know that people come to yoga for all different reasons. And a lot of, a lot of the time these days it is, you know, people are coming for a physical practice or, you know, whatever, whatever that makes them walk through the door. But I feel like yoga will infiltrate your daily life no matter what, you know, it, it gets in there. And so a lot of the lessons that I learn while I'm doing my practice, I find they do carry into, into my world. And whether that's something more 
meditative or something more like being present or whether a lot of the lessons I've learned over the last year are working through fear. And so I've had um, times in my practice where I'm working towards a pose or where a pose seems really unfathomable to me. And then something switches and it's not that you it's not uh, that you're trying to do something something just shifts and suddenly the pose is there and i feel like that has taught me so much in my life in that pushing things doesn't work and you can you can be facing these challenges and obstacles but there is a moment where something will shift and you'll see the light and you'll see the answers and everything just becomes clear. And that's been a huge lesson that I've taken from my daily practice. I completely understand and resonate with what you're talking about. I, I have similar experiences. I just want to make sure I have it, that I fully understand what you're saying. Do you actually take, let's say you're in a moment of fear about a particular thing. Are you consciously taking that fear with you is your intention to take that fear into your practice into the the moment of movement or physical or contemplative practice and to just sit with it through that practice without any sort of forcing or intentional wishing away of that fear and just simply engaging with it sitting in the ring with it and being with it, that in itself transforms it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned earlier that the yoga outside of your own will infiltrates your life. And mm -hmm. I was going to ask you for an example of that. And I think you just gave a wonderful example. Oh, good. Yeah. Of that. So when you think of self-care then, do you think of it in this way? Yeah, uh, it's funny. The last couple of years with my job, I work with women's wellness retreats. And so I meet a lot of women from all over the world who are coming to Bali for one week of self-care, basically. And it's been wonderful to have the opportunity to, to spend time with these women. And what I've noticed is that, um, you know, self-care becomes such a low priority for so many people. And it becomes bottom of the to-do list when our lives are so busy and I suppose what I try and what I try and say to these women and encourage them to think about is that self-care really enables us to be the best version of ourselves you know it it fills us up so that we can be present so that we can do the things that we love so that we can be with the people that we love and when we don't have that solid foundation, I feel like it's so challenging to, yeah, to be, the, to be the best, to be the best you, I suppose. As you're working with these people, do you, are, are you, are you working to help them kind of expand their view of what self-care is? I.e. they might be coming here thinking self-care for me means just tuning out, disconnecting from a device, getting a massage, and then that's it. Yeah. Are, are you are you kind of guiding them to something more? 
Yeah, I think so. I think that I think that self-care means different things for everyone. And I think it's finding what works for you that that fills up your cup. You know, whatever it is that helps you to feel grounded and balanced and that you can step back into the world feeling capable again. Um, and that might be yoga and meditation or it might be gardening or walking your dog or having a massage. Um, I think that a lot of the times we equate self-care with indulgence and I don't think that 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 it needs to be that way. You know, it can be having a cup of tea. You know, it doesn't need to be a huge ordeal, you know, and I think when we when we understand that, we find that we do have time for self-care and we do have time to prioritise it and it's not something that we wish we could do. Um, it's just something that we have to prioritise. Um, yeah, you know, and a lot of women say to me, well, you know, I've got a job and I've got kids and I've got so much going on. I just don't have time. That's the main thing I hear. I just don't have time. But, you know, I think that when you understand how important self-care is, it means setting your alarm five minutes earlier, or it means looking at how much time you're spending on your devices and reallocating that time. You know, we, I feel like we can make the time. And once we, once we do that and we see the effects of that, then it becomes easier to, to prioritize. You know, and even just having that one thing each day that is stable when everything else around you is chaotic or crumbling, you know, that sometimes that, that's enough to pull you through. Yeah, Glow has given me so much and, yeah, it's, it makes me quite emotional just to think about it. It's, it, it's really changed my life. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's pulled me through some tough times and I had a, a neck injury that I got um, a few years ago and, you know, it was I had to start my practice from scratch again in a lot of ways because I had to have time off and, um, you know, it, it's just been a real, a really beautiful journey um, of backwards and forwards and ins and outs and, you know, every day is different. And that's something else I love about the practice. You know, my family say, but you've been doing yoga for, you know, 10 years. Aren't you bored with it? And I'm like, every day is different. There is no finish line with yoga. You know, every every time I get on my mat, something is different. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's exciting to turn up every day because I literally don't know what's going to happen. You know, and <laughs> I think that's so, yeah, it's just a wonderful part of the practice that, that's stepping into the unknown every time you get on your mat. Wow. Yeah. I'm just, I have goosebumps. I'm just so touched uh, and honored that glow has been of service to you and, and of help to you yeah. in those ways. And I know our team is just going to love to hear you say this and just thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Some of my, some of my goals are to get over back over to the States and practice in person with some of the teachers that I've, I've um, connected with through glow because they do, they've become part of your life. You know, I, mm -hmm. I literally feel like I know some of the teachers that I practice with a lot. And mm -hmm. then you you start following on them, you know, through social media and, and they do, they become part of your life. And I think for a lot of people, perhaps, um, you know, they look at online yoga as not having that connection. You know, they think that maybe you'll, you'll miss what you get from a studio class with that interaction with the teacher. But I never feel like that. You know, I always feel like almost that you gain more, you know, that they're right there 
they're teaching there with you in mind. And yeah, I just feel like it creates a really, it's a quite a magical connection really, because, you know, it is virtual. But I think as we've learned over the past few months that virtual connections are really important and really meaningful and they have potency as well. And yeah. Yeah, we hear that a lot in expressed in different ways. I've never heard it said exactly that way. I think you said you get more or I wish I wrote it down. You said some version of you get more. <clears throat> through the online experience than you would in person. Yeah. Can you, can you expand on that? I just feel like it's more, I actually feel like it's more direct. You know, I just feel like they're right there. They're right there teaching you. And it's not that, I mean, even if it's one of the classes where they are actually teaching a class, I still feel like there's part of you that knows that they're right there filming that with you in mind. And I feel like that creates an accountability. You know, some people say that, online they don't feel that um or if you're practicing from home you don't get that accountability like it's easy to slack off but I actually never feel like that I feel like I work as hard or harder as I do at home as I would in the studio um yeah it's it's interesting I actually I actually find it um harder to go to studios these days because one of the things that I love about practicing from home is just the freedom of choice you know, I can get to the end of the day and I can be like, well, what, what do I feel like? Do I want to do 60 minutes? Do I want to do 90 minutes? Do I want to do something more relaxing? Do I want to push myself? Um, and that's one of the reasons that I first came to GLOW is that I was living in Bali and I had, I had access to studios, but I was working weird hours. And so I would finish up around two or three o'clock in the afternoon and there were no classes. So I started practicing at two or three o'clock in the afternoon online. And now I love that I can practice whenever I want to. You know, the, the thought of looking up timetables and and getting in a car or, you know, all of that, a lot of those are barriers for people to get to yoga. And so mm-hmm. practicing online takes all of that out of the picture. And you can literally say, oh, I've got 15 minutes on my hands. Um, I might roll out my mat. You know, it makes it so much more accessible, especially when it comes to self-care. You know, it's it's so much easier. So inspiring. You inspire me. I'm sure you can inspire mm. others as well oh, through your words. So. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. This is so wonderful. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Or This is going to be the longest one yet. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, it's good. I feel like I do, when I got your email, I was like, oh, I don't know if I could talk for that long. And then I thought, actually... Yoga is probably the one thing that I could probably talk about for days. So I think I'll be yeah, okay. No, it flows from you naturally. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I did. I, I am a certified teacher, but I just, I taught for a very short amount of time and I knew that teaching wasn't my path. It just wasn't what was right for me. But over the course of the last decade, I found so many other ways to share the gift of yoga and mainly through the written word. And I feel really blessed to be able to do that because I was quite devastated to think that I wasn't a teacher. Um, Mm. But, you know, you learn how to share. When you have a passion for yoga, you find ways to share it in in lots of different ways, uh, which is really beautiful. My opinion is that whatever brings people to yoga is a good thing. You know, whether it's acro yoga or dog yoga or beer yoga, whatever it is that gets people in the door and 
instigates some form of relationship with yoga is a positive. Um, so I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I just think it's an exciting time. I agree. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Yeah. I hope you enjoy your afternoon. I hope things, um, continue to get better over there if they, as they have over here. Thank you. Yeah. I, I hope the same for you all. And, uh, hopefully this, this, this doesn't turn into multiple waves of peaks. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope for the yeah. best. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Thank you to our entire team behind the scenes at glow. I'm so grateful for your care and commitment to serving our members around the world. Thank you to our teachers for so beautifully sharing your gifts and talents. I'm also grateful to our lovely community of GLOW members. You've supported us since 2008, and because of you, we get to continue to do the work we love. It's the combined support of our team, our teachers, and our community that grants me the privilege to continue to bring you the GLOW podcast. Thank you to Lee Schneider at Red Cub Agency for production support. And the beautiful music you're hearing now is by Carrie Rodriguez and her husband, Luke Jacobs. And remember, Take care of yourself because our world needs you. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. You can find the Glow Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or glo.com slash podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Derek Mills.